Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez with my co-host, Brad Finkley. And our guest today has the rare reputation of possibly being further down the rabbit hole than we are. He is the author of many books and the cracker of many codes. I'm going to let you hear from himself what he's working on, where what his areas of interest are, and where he's going to take us today. So without further ado, let's welcome Micah Dank. Micah, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. I have been harassing you for a year to get on your show. <laughs> I've been wanting to. I, we only do usually two interviews a month. So I booked this stuff way in advance, but my son read a book called The Salts of Salvation. Mm -hmm. And I have been really interested in cracking codes like that. I don't want to give anything away or give you mm -hmm. direction that you might not want to take, but I'm really eager to hear the story. It's something completely outside my realm of <clears throat> understanding. And I know Binkley's fascinated by this stuff too. He may, some of his area, like some of the rabbit holes, he goes down maybe a little bit deeper than mine. I go down some other ones, but I think this is going to be new to both of us. And well, that's why my book series is called Into the Rabbit Hole. I have a six yes, book publishing yes. deal. I have a it's six awesome. book publishing deal. Thank you. I have a six book publishing deal. I'm currently writing the seventh. I'm like three fifths of the way done with it. Um, I have a publisher. You know, I have, I have a book deal, you know, this isn't self-published. I have a book deal and um, my publisher pretty much lets me publish whatever I want. You know, they don't really touch the storyline or anything. And I go into all sorts of rabbit holes. That's do great. they, yeah. do, you, do they have to be read in order? Yes. They do. They do. They're, they're like Dan Brown thrillers. Okay. So right. if they're Dan Brown thrillers. If the characters were young, wise asses, very. Uh, <laughs> from I see so you're from Long Island. I'm from Long Island, but they're from Boston. I'm from Brooklyn originally, and I know that you moved to Boston, yes. which people might think they're similar. I remember them. I remember I was was puzzled as a New Yorker as to why the Yankees were called the Yankees, because I'm like, we're not Yankees. Right. And I was like, people from Boston are Yankees. And then I moved to Georgia and they yeah. were just like, you guys uh, are Yankees. You're a Yankee. Which, <laughs> side of, which side of the war were you on? I was like, well, I don't think we really. <laughs> Me? I wasn't even born. I know, I know, but it's just this whole Yankee thing. But Boston, that is Yankee territory. And I'm yeah. not sure they're super friendly to the, the Long Island types. I don't know. Are you a Red Sox what fan? What do you think? Oh, no chance on earth. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're a Yankee fan. Yeah, of course. Fan. But my family lives in Boston and I spent about a year and a half in Boston, too. So I'm trying to bridge the Boston, New York hate. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a lot of family there, too. And it's funny because my sister is a huge Yankees fan. She says, like, she never as a Yankees fan in New York, you never really think about Red Sox. But right. when you go to Boston, it'll they'll have uh, bumper stickers that say, like, Yankees suck. And stuff like That's what that. I don't understand. <laughs> like they had when I was living there, they had like the Boston Celtics who just won a championship. They had like Tom Brady. They won championships. They had the Boston Bruins that went super far. And, and, and all they were obsessed with was the Red Sox. It made no sense to me. <laughs> my right. my friends from Boston were so obsessed with the Red Sox. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Super passionate. So it's just funny because, and I, I don't know if people listening from Boston, like would take offense. It's just funny because it's an old rivalry. Yeah. And as a New Yorker translating to Boston almost feels like enemy territory, but you're back, yeah. right? I'm back. I'm back in Long Island. Yes. All right. Um, uh, anyway, so I feel kindred spirit because the yeah. uh, the the accent is uh, washes over you. Like you're further down the rabbit hole, you've got more of a New York accent than I do. So <laughs> that's like super extra special and unusual. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'll start by saying that what I am is an astrotheologist. For people who've never heard what that word is, what it basically means is it somebody who studies the mythology of the Zodiac and finds hidden words and hidden phrases in biblical passages, okay? There's a very set, um, there's like a set way to do this, you know? And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make you guys experts in one night. And I'm gonna show you all these codes that you've never thought of before. I'm gonna change the way you think of the Bible. But basically uh, what I did was 2013, I moved to Boston with an ex that I'm no longer with. And uh, we didn't have a lot of friends and it was winter. So we didn't really have a lot of family or I have family there, but like everybody stays in in the winter. So she'd be watching TV. And I think the iPad just came out 
like just came out. So I would be on the iPad and I'd be going down rabbit holes. And I came across two astrotheologists, Jordan Maxwell and Santos Benocci, who basically, they just basically changed my life. They guided me, you know, they taught me things, you know, and now I speak to both of them on a regular. Um, basically, what I do is I decode biblical phrases. And it's not just biblical passages, as you'll see there's other books too. Um, in the same way that the Greeks and the Romans had mythologies around like the planets and the stars and, and the gods and everything, we do too. And it's called the Bible. And I'm going to show it to you right now. So let me know if you guys can see this. Yes. Okay. So this is astrotheology in the Bible. This is the zodiac at the bottom. Okay. With Capricorn at the bottom and Cancer on top. This is proper. This is a proper zodiac wheel. So I start by saying, Employ your time in improving yourself by other men's writings so that you shall come easily by what others have labored hard for. Okay. And that's basically what we all do for each other. We all go down rabbit holes and we all take the most important information and we teach, you know, the others, you know, Monica, you've probably been doing this forever, you know, and, and you, you have a body of knowledge and you can condense it and explain to someone in an hour what probably took you five years to learn. And that's how information travels. And especially nowadays when we have, you know, the Twitter podcast circuit that we're all part of, um, it just spreads and spreads and spreads. So basically we're talking about astrotheology in the Bible and it's the oldest science on earth. Okay. Astrology is the oldest science on earth. It goes back to the Lascaux caves, which is 40,000 years ago. So what the Lascaux caves are, are these caves in Lascaux, France. That's why they're called the Lascaux caves. And much like that, the young boy found the Dead Sea Scrolls in a cave. Uh, there were some young like teenagers that were just messing around, went to the back of the caves. And when they went into the back, they saw something like this as an example. Now, on the top left, you see the bull. And on the right, you see the many faces of the lion. And on the bottom, you see the horse, which is basically the animals, right? But in astrology, on the top left, the bull is Taurus. On the right, the lion is Leo. And on the bottom, the horse is Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow. Now, what they did was they carbon dated this wall when they found it. And it came out to about 40,000 years, plus or minus 5,000 years. Now, for young earth creationist, religious Christians and Jews, they tend to say that carbon dating is not accurate. And they're half true with that, to be honest with you. They're half accurate with that. It's not 100%, but they're half accurate. The truth of the matter is, is up to 50,000 years, carbon dating is incredibly accurate. But once you get into like the hundreds of thousands and the millions, it's just a guesstimate, to be honest. It doesn't really narrow it down. There's always a huge window of millions and years. But up to 50,000, it's accurate. And this came out to about 40,000 plus or minus. So let's say 35,000 to 45,000. Be, uh, years ago. Now, these are people who were hunting and gathering, people who were still in the food chain, okay? These are people who are still crossbreeding with other species, okay? Now, what you find is when they carbon dated the wall and it came out to 40,000 years, what they did was they brought in an astronomer with a computer because we have the technology to do this now with a computer. What they did was they rewound the sky back about 40,000 years uh, to see what the stars looked like, because they noticed the constellations made sense with the, the paintings that I showed you. When they did that, what they found was that when they printed out what they had and they superimposed it onto the wall, they found that all the constellations lined up exactly where they were 40,000 years ago. So they knew about this science 40,000 years. Now, the zodiac has only slightly changed in 40,000 years. It changed during the Egyptian time with two signs. Uh, cancer was the, is the crab, but it used to be the scarab, the beetle. You ever see the movie, the mummy, all those scarabs running around. That's what it used to be. And the Sphinx used to be in the place of the lion Leo. But aside from that, the Zodiac, as in the Northern, uh, Middle East slash interpretation where all history has come from. That's where it comes from. Now it's important for me to say this is that what I'm going to teach you now okay, until we're off, um, only applies to the Northern Hemisphere, okay, because in the South, the days are reversed, like right now, it's, it's November 22nd, I'm in New York, it's freezing, you know, but in Australia, it's like the middle of spring, so, <clears throat> and the reason it was done this way, this, this astrology, is because if you think about it, the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, all, and, and even the Egyptians, they all came from the Northern Hemisphere, See, if we all migrated from Australia 
and all these ancient sciences came from Australia, then it would have um, it would have been from the southern hemisphere. Anyway, so we continue questions that you can ask in the Bible. Okay, how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had twelve disciples why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? All these are questions that you can ask. Now, they're all astrology. It, when, when you explain it, it's all based on astrology. I'm going to get into that. Genesis 1.14 says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's what the Bible basically is. It's an encoded astrology book that explains the, the seasons, okay, and everything. It explains the season, it explains when you have to plant, it explains when you have to reap, it explains when you make wine, when you make bread and all this kind of stuff the ancients used to do when you harvest your grain. Because you got to understand, they didn't have calendars back then, okay? I'm looking at the bottom right hand of my computer right now. It says, well, it says 620, which is wrong, but it's 720 at night, you know, 1122. I could turn on the weather and find out what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. They didn't have that. They had sundials. Okay, they had to look at the stars with no light pollution, by the way, and no industrial pollution at the time. <clears throat> they had to look at the stars and figure out what, what everything meant, like they, a calendar. And there is a perfect calendar there that we'll get into. What I'm going to do now is teach you the 12 signs of the zodiac. And I'm going to teach you the 12 signs of the zodiac. I'm going to teach you the key words that you need to understand the, the zodiac and to be able to decode in the Bible. So I start with Aquarius, and the first sign is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. I wrote the story of Zeus and Aquarius that goes back to the Greeks. The story of uh, Aquarius is basically Zeus saw a 14-year-old boy on earth that he thought was beautiful and wanted in heaven. His father wouldn't allow it. So Zeus bartered with his father. He gave him animals, he gave him money, he gave him a bunch of stuff, took the boy up to heaven. When he took the boy up to heaven, what he did was he would serve the gods with this water pitcher full of something called ambrosia, if you guys are familiar with it, which is the nectar of the gods. Okay. Nowadays, it's just some, it's just a cool whipped tangerine salad. But back in the day, it was, it was believed this is what the gods drank. So he's feeding them for time after time. He gets frustrated one day because he doesn't want to be up there and do it anymore. He goes to the side of heaven, takes the water pitcher and pours it out, just like in this picture causing a flood on earth. That's where the Greeks get their flood story from. Just like we all have a flood story. Now what happens is Zeus is incredibly mad at him and he's gonna basically punish him. But in a moment of self-reflection, what he does is he um, just immortalizes him as the constellation Aquarius. He kind of gives him uh, praise for being up there and this, that, and the other thing. So whenever you hear the following words, son of man, because that's a picture of the man, man baptism because that's how you baptize someone a man with a water pitcher pouring it on a baby water pitcher fountain stream river pond lake water related things they're talking about aquarius in astrology aquarius is actually an air sign okay pisces is the water sign okay however because there's water in the symbol of aquarius it could be used to explain this to explain water. Now, the second sign is Pisces, which is the sign of the two fish in the water. So whenever they're talking about fish, for example, also all water examples from the previous slide. Then Aries is the ram. In Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover. So the Jews celebrate the Passover in Aries, every year in Aries, okay? God passing over Egypt and smiting the firstborn sons of whoever doesn't have the lamb or the ram's blood on the door. That's Aries, the ram. That's why the Jews are the people of Aries. Now in astrology, the Passover is literally that the sun passes over the equator on March 21st and it's on its way back up to heaven, up back up to its, uh, its height. Now in Christianity, the passing over is changed and it becomes the resurrection of God's son. See, astrotheology posts this thought is that Jesus is not the S-O-N of God. He's the son, okay? He's the son of God, okay? So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, ram's horn, you're talking about Aries. Then Taurus is the bull. When you see and look in the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull. It's as above, so below. 
you see the you see the bull in the sky you put the plow on the bull and then you plant the seed so you can harvest in virgo and libra so whenever you hear bull ox calf cow cow because it's a female bull uh, you're talking about Taurus. Now we have machines that do this now, but back in the day, they actually had to use a, a bull to plow the fields. So that's why it was done. Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Whenever you hear the words twins or brothers, they're talking about Gemini. Then Cancer is the crab. It's the sideways moving creature. Okay. We don't move sideways unless we're doing like a sports drill. Okay. We move front to back and diagonal. That's it. The crab move sideways the reason the crab moves sideways and it's cancer is because the sun does the same thing so watch what i do the sun starts in capricorn on december 25th and rises a degree the 26th another degree another degree the days get longer the nights get shorter it continues to rise a degree every single day until it hits june 21st that's the summer solstice the summer solstice is the longest day of the year the shortest night of the year then it walks sideways like the crab for three days. It stays at that height. Then on June 25th, it drops a degree and it continues to drop a degree every single day. It follows the same pattern until it hits December 21st. December 21st is the day of death. That's the day the sun dies. It's the summer, it's the winter solstice. And what happens is the sun doesn't rise above the horizon on December 21st. It's the shortest day of the year. So the ancients used to say God's son was dead. Okay, and then it walks sideways, just like it did in June for three days. So suddenly God's son was dead for three days. Okay, then what happens is on December 25th, his birth, he's born again. The sun comes back to life and it follows the same pattern every single day, every single year. So whenever you hear crab or beetle, they're talking about cancer. And I've mentioned the beetle before. Then Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they're talking about the kingdom of heaven being on earth, they're talking about the sun and its rightful home in Leo. So whenever you hear lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. Then Virgo is the woman holding, the virgin holding the wheat stalk. So remember before I said you plant in Taurus, you see the bull, you plant in during the bull. The virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, grainy things, for example, that you cultivate, you cultivate in Virgo. And I'm sure there's going to be people in your chat or people who leave comments or whatever. They're going to say corn is a new crop. It's not. It's at least 10,000 years old. And if you were to Google it or duck, duck, go it, whatever you want to use, you'll find that corn is actually um, brought in in September, which is Virgo. Now, Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. So in the spring, it's the Passover. It's celebrated. Here, it's going under. It's being sentenced to death. It's being mourned. It's a metaphor. Okay. Now, the Jews always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. Now, Libra being the justice, the judge, the judgment, eight days after the Jewish New Year or Shoshana, there's something called Yom Kippur, which is the day of judgment. The day of judgment is always in Libra. Okay. And what do the Jews do? They go to temple and they pray. They, they fast and they don't drink and they don't eat. And they pray all year, all day for all day for God to keep them in the book of life. So whenever you hear law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, lawly things, you're talking about Libra. Libra is also wine season. That's when you pluck the grapes. Monica, if you've ever been to a vineyard before, okay? <laughs> yes, I, ever, I most certainly have. <laughs> you've been to a vineyard before and, 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 and women, they love having their bachelorette parties in the spring. It's stupid. Don't go in the spring because what happens is you go in the spring and everything is bare. If you go at the right time when you're supposed to go, when you're supposed to harvest in Libra in September, October, you can walk up and down and literally pluck the grapes off and eat them. That's when you go. Okay. So whenever you hear wine, vineyard, wine press, grapes, red juice from grapes, for example, they're talking about Libra. Libra is also olive oil season. Okay. So that's when you press the olives to make the oil for the year. So there's a lot going on in Libra. Then Scorpio is the scorpion and he is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. That's where they get that from. The kiss of death comes from a scorpion. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. 
because that's the betrayal. Okay, so the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally, in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. This is where the sun dies. Okay, the day of death is December 21st. Anytime in the Bible they're talking about a death, they're referencing Sagittarius. Sagittarius is, is the death. That's the death. Okay, so whenever you're horse, bow and arrow, spear, or horseman, they're talking about Sagittarius. And then finally, Capricorn is the goat because the goat likes to climb the mountain. So look at the zodiac wheel on the right, okay? Imagine the sun at the base of, at the bottom of Capricorn, starting to climb a degree a day alongside the wheel, okay? Just like the goat climbs the mountain, the sun starts climbing the mountain. It's a metaphor, okay? So now, those are the 12 signs. Those are the key words that you're looking for. Now, there are names that Jesus has been given in church that people don't even realize are astrologically based. All his nicknames are astrologically based, okay? <clears throat> now, Jesus is the sun, remember, S-U-N, okay? Now, watch this. When the sun is in Capricorn, okay, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel, when the sun is in Aquarius, the sign of the man, he's known as the son of man. When the sun is in Pisces, the two fish, he's known as the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. When the sun is in Aries, the ram, he's known as the lamb of God or the good shepherd. When the sun is in Leo, he's known as the lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat in Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st. And it's why he's worshipped on the sun day, because he's the sun. How do you reconcile that we celebrate or recognize the Last Supper and the crucifixion in April? So there's the metaphorical way to take it. And then there's the story. OK, I write stories, but I encode them as well. Okay. Because everything else I can kind of follow. But I do also have to say that having been raised Catholic, like right. we were taught astrology was paganism and like this kind of stuff was negating the truth of it all. So yeah. I'm going to have to, I have to put a caveat in there and see what my um, super Catholic listeners have to say about this. Okay. But I, no offense. Yeah. And I, but I do actually, the other stuff is absolutely rings true. And I'm sure there's a good reason to say um, for the April thing, but I'll let you explain that if you would. That's fine. Um, yeah. So it's part of the story where th that's basically the, it's the story, but then there's the metaphors under the story. There's the astro theology that's under it. You read a story on one level and then it's telling a different story under, I'm telling you the story under it, where yes. all the metaphors come from. And I think the difference is that it feels like the, because we go through a year as a year as a season the death life cycle repeats itself. So right. if December 25th is the rising of the son of God right. or the birth of Christ, then obviously the thing to precede that would have to be to end the story, that story, which we do recognize as a cycle, it would have to be the death. Right, exactly. Now there are, this is a picture of Jesus that I have on the left, okay? This is a stereotypical picture that you could find on the internet. Do you not agree? Agreed. Okay, good. I'm going to draw your attention to four things. The sun behind his head, his fingers up like this, the heart outside the body, the heart's always outside the body, and the crown of thorns that wrap around the heart. Okay. The sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. The two fingers up are an ancient comedic peace sign. See this? This is the ancient comedic peace sign. This, this John Lennon sign is V. It's a British V for victory war. That's what I thought. Churchill used to do that. I'm like, that's not a peace sign. That's no, a victory a, sign. You're not getting peace until we win. That's what I thought. Yep, that was very yep, hostile of Churchill. Yep. This is, it's been inverted and perverted. This is the true peace sign. So whenever you see Jesus doing this, or you see, you see Baphomet doing this too, you see other creatures, other creations doing this too. They're telling you they're peaceful. This is the ancient science. Now, the white face of Jesus, the stereotypical face of him, is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Now, before then, there was no picture of him, and it was decided by his father. Again, popes used to have children, 
Okay. And I they know. just, I they, have a book called the bad popes. You might like it. Yes. And they're all, <laughs> I think it needs another chapter right now. Right. Well, they're all, they're all, they're all bastards, all their kids because the popes couldn't get married, but they would have children too. Now, something else happened when Rodrigo Borgia from the famous Borgia clan, if you've ever read about the Illuminati bloodlines, uh, the Borgia family is one of them still to this day. He bought his way to the papacy. And when he did, okay, something else happened too. Uh, right around the time he was, the printing press had come out not long before. Okay, so they were able to mass produce this image. And it's not like Muhammad, where you cannot depict Muhammad to the, uh, as a picture to the Muslims. But this was the face that was made of him. Now, the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart on the outside, okay, represents the rays of the sun. Jesus is crucified with the rays of the sun, of the rays, the crown of thorns on his head. Okay, this is what it represents. The heart outside the field, outside the body, represents the toroidal field or the human torus field. If you ever know what the human torus field, it's this. It's an electromagnetic field of the heart. Okay, it extends. You have to tell me all about this because I really feel this is so important right now as people are worried about like 5G and stuff and we get yeah. totally disconnected with the feet to the head and the connection with the earth. Because that also looks like the way the earth is depicted with the magnetosphere. Yep. So it's an electromagnetic field of the heart that extends outside your body six feet. Okay. It goes six feet around. And as you look at it right there, the core is in the middle. It kind of looks like an apple. Hold on. Okay. Six feet of separation is what they want to do to us now. Well, that was my next point. Sorry, I'm not trying to scoop you. No, I'm, not at I'm, all. Please you're, please. you're leading me there. I find this really fascinating. Please. Yeah. Six feet. They're trying to keep you six feet apart. There's no scientific reason for that at all. None. None. The only thing it does do is it crushes into your electromagnetic field of the heart. When you're with somebody, you're interacting with someone. It looks like this. They're called auras sometimes. Okay. This is what it looks like when you're interacting with someone within there. Monica, if anybody's ever come up behind you within a couple of feet and you know, they're there, you're not psychic. Okay. They just broke your toroidal field. Okay. <laughs> so it's starving it when they, by staying six feet away, it's like exactly. starving that energy. Exactly. It's isolating. Oh. It puts you in a state of anxiety because we crave human attention. We crave, totally. we crave to be near people. We do. So that's why so they did this. Yeah. So if they push us all into the cyberverse, even though we can connect intellectually and maybe even somewhat emotionally, there's something about proximity, physical proximity that has an impact on your like holistic health. Well, if you think about it on a, if you think about it on a rudimentary level, it's kind of hard to, uh, to gather many people together and start an uprising if you have to be six feet apart. You know, you kind of need to be next to people to form that a I get. <laughs> yeah, to form a that crowd. Now- I told you about this guy, Caesar Borgia, right? The guy on the left is Jesus. The guy on the right is Caesar Borgia. Okay. This is the face that it came off of. Okay. You could literally Google or Wikipedia or wow. whatever, DuckDuckGo. That's him. He's the face of it. Okay. That's a painting that was done in the mid 1500s, I believe, of That's him. Freaky. It's the standard one. Yeah. So he's the face of white Jesus. Okay. Now I'm going to start getting into some decodings. Okay. And Monica, since you, uh, you, you've been in church a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to need your help. Okay. Are you familiar with the phrase pride comes before the fall? Yes. Pride cometh before the fall. Go with, go with before the fall. Can you explain it to people? Well, I have heard other people have different interpretations, but I always thought if you have pride, the, your fall from, you know, the heights will soon follow. Right. That's what that's what a lot of people say. Yeah. But now let me ask you a question. What's a group of lions called? Pride. Good job. OK. A group of lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the fall. I'm a I'm a Leo. I'm familiar. OK, so Leo comes before the fall. OK, now the next one I'm going to show you is from the book of Micah, which is my namesake. OK, in this passage, he predicts that there will be a savior that comes from a town in Israel. Do you remember which one? I mean, I know where Jesus came from, but I don't know what it was. The prophecy said Nazareth, or maybe it would say Bethlehem. Cause Bethlehem. It's okay. yeah. but now you gotta, you gotta know your Hebrew what, to, to be able to decode this. Kind I'm of rusty on my Hebrew. I gotta you got, say. you gotta know your Hebrew. You gotta know your <laughs> Greek. You gotta know your um, Italian. You gotta no know Latin, a little bit of Latin, a little bit of Latin, not too much. 
Okay. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, Bethlehem is two words in Hebrew, bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. Okay. So the house of bread. This is Virgo with the wheat stalk. Each zodiac sign is called a house. So what he's really saying is the savior will come from a virgin. Okay. That's how you read it under what it's actually saying. That's how you read it with astrology. Now, I've given you the keywords. I've given you all the keywords. That's all you need is what I've given you. Okay. Now I'm going to show you another passage. This is Deuteronomy 32. We're going to count how many signs we see in it. Okay. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil, which is in Libra, Libra. Yep. from the rocky ground. He gives people butter from the herd Taurus. and the flock. He gave them lambs Aries. and goats. Capricorn. They had the best rams Aries. from Bashan and the finest wheat. Virgo. They drank the best wine. Libra. Made from the juice of red grapes. Libra. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. Taurus. There's eight signs in this one passage. There's two that you haven't seen that I've uh, italicized. We're going to go over it right now. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. So that's metaphorically where the honey would come from. Okay. Now he had taken milk from the flock. Okay. The Milky Way galaxy is where the milk comes from. Now they've been talking about the Milky Way galaxy since the Egyptian Book of the Dead and probably even further back. You ever see that famous painting or that famous hieroglyph picture of the woman who's kind of like this and she's full of, she's blue and she's full of stars. Yes. Yes. That's the Milky Way galaxy. That's not, that's the Milky Way galaxy. Now the milk comes from the Milky Way galaxy, which is center is in Sagittarius. So your land from cancer to Sagittarius is that infamous land of milk and honey. It's not a place on earth. And that's where the milk and the honey comes from. Okay, now I'm going to start to get a little more complicated with the decodings. You're going to follow along the Zodiac wheel because I'm going to need you to do this as we get into the book of Matthew. Go on. I worry a little bit. I, I'm actually not. Sometimes when people do the numerology stuff and there's like several different um, numerology systems and they pick and choose among the systems, it's very hard for me to believe that you can't just overlay anything onto anything really. Although I have to say here, I mean, those symbols that you've pointed out about astrology by the sign are the universally accepted symbols and they are recurring themes in the Bible. I mean, I, I am having a hard time being skeptical that there's no connection here. I mean, right. well, we're going to get into it a little bit deeper. Don't okay. worry. I'm just, I'm just afraid that you're going to, that you might lose me if we get too deep, but maybe. No, 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 me. I won't. Maybe I'm going to walk you through me. this. Yeah. I've done this. I've done this 200 times. Okay. okay. Oh my gosh. I promise okay. You. okay. Now the Mount of Olives. Now watch what I do here. Okay. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover <laughs> so that he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olive, he gave the parable of the true vine, which is the Libra. vine, vineyard, grapes, okay? Libra, yeah. Now, Passover takes place in Aries. So look at the Zodiac wheel. It takes place in Aries, where right after that, he goes to the Mount of Olives. Olives are in Libra. Those are opposing signs. In astrology, your neighboring sign and your opposing sign are the most important signs. And that's a pattern, a pattern that you will see over and over again in this presentation, Okay. Now they're in Libra. They're waiting for Judas to betray him. Well, the betrayer comes in Scorpio, which is the next sign over in Scorpio. So you go from Aries to the cross sign to the next sign. While they're in it, Libra, he gave the parable of the true vine or vineyard or wine press. So that's Libra. So this is how you're going to start to decode things. You're going to follow the Zodiac wheel. And I've given you pictures of it so that you can follow alongside. But this is basically how it works. Now. We're going to start going into the book of Revelation a little bit. Revelation, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Much like... God cursed the snake after the deception to crawl on his belly as a punishment. 
It's the lowest form of life on earth. However, the scorpion in astrology, its evolved form is the eagle, which is the highest flying form of life on earth. Okay, okay where's that from? I've never mean? heard the Scorpio scorpion relate to an eagle. Well, it's, to be honest, I'd have to look into it a little bit. Yeah, deeper. Okay. Just, but you it, accept that. That's something you're familiar yeah, with. Yeah, it's just a hunt. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it, it is, it is what it is. There's a story behind it. I should probably add to it. Only but because they, everything else that you say, like I can follow all of that. And that's right. one no, that I, I just you. don't remember. So the eagle evolves into the phoenix. And what is the story of the phoenix? It's the story of Jesus, the S-U-N. It's a flaming ball, just like the sun, that dies December 21st and comes back to life from its ashes. So the eagle becomes Scorpio. Now, Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. In astrology, you have things called uh, fixed signs, mutable signs, and cardinal signs. The fixed signs are called fixed signs because they're fixed in their season. Leo is in the, that's the dead of summer. Taurus is the dead of spring. Aquarius is the dead of winter. And, and Scorpio is the dead of fall. Okay, now watch this. Lion, Leo, man, Aquarius, those are opposing signs. Ox, Taurus, Eagle, Scorpio, those are opposing signs. That one passage, when you chart it on the Zodiac, makes a perfect X through the wheel. Okay, so it's a pattern and it was put there on purpose because that's what the pattern is supposed to tell you. Okay, it's not actually a four headed monster that you're going to see in the heavens. It's actually just a metaphor for this. Now, Revelation 12, you know about the woman and the dragon? Um, I, I don't, don't think so. Okay, a great oh, sign. Oh, this is Revelations. Yes, I have heard this. Okay, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. There's people that believe that there's literally going to be a giant woman in the sky <laughs> and a dragon's going to eat her. These are literalists. That's what they believe. But now watch this. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's just a metaphor, okay? A, a, a man clothed with the sun is the sun in Aquarius, okay? Now, if the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at our feet. Now, picture this. There's 12 zodiac signs, okay? We cannot look outside in any part of the sky and look outside of the 12 zodiacs. It's, it encases us, okay? Now, there's 12 signs. There's two hours. The sun spends two hours in each sign. That gives you the 24-hour-a-day clock. It's just simple math. If the sun is in Virgo, that's between 4 and 6 p.m. So the sun's still out. Well, if the sun's still out, then the moon is at her feet, right? Because if the moon was out, then the sun is down now, right? It's just another metaphor. Now, another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to Earth. The constellation Draco, the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four-twelfths of the signs or one-third of the stars out of the sky. It's just star poetry. That's what this basically is. It's all astrological, astrotheological. Now, if we continue. Okay. I want the meaning though. What do you mean? Revelation is supposed to be a foreshadowing, right? Well, if and you, our okay, time like, is so scary. But we, we're, we're talking about two different ways to read it constantly, me and you. You're talking about the literal way and, and how to interpret it that way. I'm talking about its sub meaning. Through I do. No, I understand. I'm not actually trying to blow that up. I'm just, I guess the question would be this. I, my understanding, the common understanding of revelation, I believe is that it's forward looking like end of time stuff. Right. And I'm asking you if with your interpretation, does it also carry that kind of um, symbolism or is it totally really not anything to do with the future to be honest with you if i were to answer that honestly i would say this the bible was written by people okay it was written by people i believe in god and you're going to see why because i have a slide on it <laughs> i believe in god i do not believe in religion okay the books were written by people i don't think they were inspired by god but they were inspired to write about god okay now it's a product of its times okay with all the slavery and the whippings and the this and that it's a product of its times. Okay. To me, what I take from revelation, for example, and people always connect it is that religious people, it doesn't matter, Monica, you have to admit religious people, no matter who they are, if you're religious enough, you think you're in the end times, 
You do. Oh, like always for since always since every generation. The death since, of Christ. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah. 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 Everyone agrees. And it, and it probably goes to the same thing that I was saying from the beginning. Like at a, at a certain point, there's a lot of things where you can overlay anything on anything and say, see, like I can connect all these right. dots. And that's and what I this think. This is an easy way to do. I agree with you on that, especially something highly symbolic like Nostradamus. Like it's not written clearly. So you have to impart meaning to it. And you could do that in a lot of different ways. To me, I'm not, and I'm not challenging you. I just try to understand. No, I understand. You know, I, what I what I think happens is this: the ancients wrote the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. Okay, and people, I think that the elites know that the Bible is really just an astrological and an alchemical and a, uh, a tarot reading book. Okay, I think they know that, and I think what they do is they tailor events that get people to wow, wow wow do you think that it has power in that regard like could they is there magical stuff maybe you get to this that the elites could use by interpreting it differently from the way they get us to interpret or do you not believe in that absolutely 100 percent. 100 i mean these are these are words they cast spells that's why it's called spelling yeah see i'm not even like uh, down that rabbit hole. So I, I'm open to it, but yes. I, I think it makes a lot more sense rather yeah. than prophecy is being fulfilled. Yeah, that's that right. Elite, no, that's, that the that's elites good. are giving us breadcrumbs yeah. in a certain way in order for people to stay busy and say, oh, look what they're doing. Like, and to divert them from a proper interpretation. If it was yep. a blank slate, you could do what you're doing. But once, look at me, right? So I've got it all in my head already and you're trying to tell me what you think, but- I, it's going to take a lot because I already have the thing on my head. Right. Exactly. So that's what I think they're doing, to be honest with you. I don't think you're, for, I don't think yes, they're interesting. Thank you. Okay. Matthew 10, 16, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. The sheep are Aries. The wolf is the constellation lupus, which borders the Libra line. Those are opposing signs. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. So let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it. I've come to the point in my presentation where we talk about Job. Now, can you explain to your listeners, for like the two of them that don't know who Job was? All I know is the basics where Job was a righteous guy, supposedly, who was very successful. And I believe if I've got it right, basically, the devil says to God, more or less, that the only reason he worships you and loves you is that you have been good to him. So God uh, just time after time takes everything away from him as a challenge to see if Job will still love and worship God. And he does. Correct. That's exactly what it is. Now, at one point, he's lost everything, and he's basically sitting on a rock, I think it was, and he's crying out to heaven. He's crying out to God for him to answer, and God answers. What I'm going to read you is God's answer. Now, the first sentence that I read you is literally what's in the Bible. The second sentence is the interpretation, okay? Job 38, 32, can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth literally means the Zodiac, literally. Maseroth over time becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov. You know how old Mazel Tov is. You can only imagine how old Maseroth is. What does Mazel Tov mean? It means good fortune from the stars. So what does the Lord say to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are the first two. Those are obvious star metaphors. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Well, the constellations are the zodiac above, and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of heavens? That's Aquarius, the guy with the water pitcher. It's just wide open. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides the food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga, which means deer and is located in Orion. You see where I'm going with this, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's a Celis Borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or al Thalimine, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance, Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. I mentioned the spear before. 
If I were to ask you what the two most important murders throughout the entire Old and New Testament would be, what would you say? Well, the Cain, murder of Cain. Okay. And gosh, I mean, Jesus, but. There you go. That's it. That's, oh, really? That's the right answer, yeah. Wow. Now, again, this is really put me through my paces, Micah. <laughs> I, I am. I am. But when you when you told me when you told me off screen that you were you, you wanted to go deep, I said, "All right, let's do this." <laughs> now, right, how is Jesus? How is Jesus finally killed? Uh, he was crucified. I mean, he died uh, quickly from crucifixion. I mean, they put right. a sword in his side, but he was already. Dead. It wasn't a sword. It was a spear. Ah, uh, yes, a spear. It was spear of destiny. He was already dead. Destiny, yeah. Fear of destiny. Okay. Now Cain hits Abel in the head with a rock. That's, that's really not much anything. However, do you know what the word Cain means in Hebrew? No, no. It means, it means spear. Spear is the weapon of choice in the Bible. Okay. Now, does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook? And that's Pisces. Okay. Right. Now answer the questions at the beginning, how Jesus was able to heal the blind. Remember he's the S U N, right? Okay. The S U N, okay. how Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, if he's the S O N, the, the living flesh, the man came up to him, he touched him in his eyes and then suddenly the man could see, but the son does the same thing. If you look. Ah, interesting. You look outside. Yes. It's, it's black. You, you lose your sight. You're blind. Right. But when the sun comes up and it touches your eyes, you're given the gift of sight again. Have we walked on water? Monica, have you ever gone fishing and seen the sun on a lake before? Yes, yes, I have. You see how the sun walks on water? Yes, it even moves. How he turned water into wine. This is a little more complicated. Yeah, that one I don't get, water into wine. Do you understand why God Well, is I understand that water is what goes up into the, the plants and fills up the grape with what will be wine. He rains. No, exactly so what happens is do you know why nice. god's god's considered a man and mother earth is considered a woman for all times why god has always been considered a male i guess it's the mating no it's not begun, the that yields fertility no no it's what? the rain it's the rain it's god's sacred fluid in hebrew the, in hebrew in hebrew the word is shemen we get the word semen from it what's That's the right. hebrew what does shemen mean in hebrew rain no yeah what? And we get the word semen from it. So what happens is God's sacred fluid basically comes down onto Mother Earth. And then from her belly, vegetation, fruit, you know, plants and, and life grows. So semen in Hebrew means rain. Yeah. I have a whole new concept of uh, what's <laughs> going on when it's raining. Yeah, don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> For our next cocktail party, I just can only imagine where the conversation is going to go. So basically, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. So what happens is it, it rains in Taurus, right? You plant. April showers bring May flowers. That's Taurus. That's April, May. Okay. And then it rains and it rains and it rains. And then the grapes grow from the rain. And then you squeeze the grapes. That's how you turn God's water into wine. Nice. Okay. Now, why he had 12 disciples, each one of the disciples is yes. one of the zodiac signs i've given you one example right i've given you uh, judas i'm gonna give you like the scully of the bible in this little instance here to to molder if molder was going with the metaphors you're 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 going no it's actually the water comes down it rains on the grapes and the grapes and they, they didn't turn the grapes into wine she's and tearing down his <laughs> his superstitions his faith his religion yeah. with her science yeah. but she's the one who wears the cross riddle us that yeah Interesting. So, so, oh, we're supposed to go through them and see who's who? Yikes. I'm going to leave that up to you, Micah. Well, I'm just, we're not going to go through all of them. Good, I'm just going to okay. give you one more example. Okay. okay. Now, Scorpio is Judas, the betrayer. Okay. Now, Simon Peter, Jesus gave him the, the name Peter. Your name is Monica. Some people call you Mon, maybe. Yes. Your name is Bradley. Some people call you Brad. I'm Micah Mike. Those make sense. Why was Simon given the name Peter? It doesn't make sense unless well, you know your astrology. It's the rock, but there's no rock in the sky, right? I guess unless the you, is a rock. but you have to know your astrology for this. I don't. Okay. What was Simon's job on earth? Fisherman. 
Exactly. And what sign are the fish? Pisces. What's the ruling planet of Pisces? The ruling planet of Pisces? Is that an easy one? It's Jupiter or Jew-Peter. Come on. That's just, what does Jupiter really mean? It must mean rock or something. If it really is, come on, give me no, more. I want more, Micah. <laughs> I want you to flesh that rock man out a little bit. Okay. No? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. I just feel like Jew Peter would be an English word and Jupiter is not an English word. So it couldn't really have meant that together at that time. Unless it could, like, unless the, you gotta understand, the, the, the Bible and everything was, was translated through yeah, time. It could be. I want, I want to dig into that one a little bit. Like that'll be our next conversation. Okay. You, you do a little follow-up. Okay. Fair enough. So it's not just random passages in the Bible that could be decoded this way. We're going to go through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs. Right on. Book of Matthew. I have the Zodiac on the left. The, the red stuff that I have here that I circle is the area that involves it. Repent of your sin. Matthew 3, 2. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Each gospel begins at one of the four <clears throat> points of the Zodiac and ends at one of them as well, too. The two solstices and the two equinoxes, when connected, form a cross. This is known as the cross of God's son, sun. The kingdom of heaven is Leo, whose ruling planet is the sun. This is the only sign that the sun rules over. This is the firmament between Cancer and Leo, okay? The word firmament, okay, is the dividing line between the signs, okay? Some people call them cusps. Some people call them handover dates. It's basically so that, as in the Bible says, one sign will not transgress over another, okay? They, they're kept in order because of these firmaments, okay? Now, the firmament are the dividing lines. Now, the next passage, Matthew 3, 4, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense yes. of it. Cancer being the head is why he eats wild honey. In cancer, there's a star cluster called the beehive cluster. Bees produce honey. Leviticus 11, what's clean and unclean to eat? All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be regarded as unclean by you. There are, however, some flying insects that walk on all fours you may eat. Those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground. Of those, you may eat any kind of locust, katydid, cricket, or grasshopper. So it goes back and forth between being food and being a plague and then being food and then being a plague. You know, that's basically what the locusts end up doing. So if you're kosher, you get to eat crickets. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might be a good rule of thumb because they totally want us to start eating bugs. And I yeah, guess I saw that. We don't want to eat beetles. So just make sure you get the crickets if given the choice. Your, your bug paste. Right? Yes, bug paste. Exactly. You will own nothing and be happy, right? Yes, and eat bug paste, but I will stick to locust paste. <laughs> okay, now look at this. We were just in Cancer, so now we're going, remember, connecting signs and opposing signs, right? In Gemini, a little lower down on the body is the clothes made out of camel hair or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. It's a constellation. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body, you get the midsection, which is where he would wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow, which is where you get the leather. Regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So next would be the baptism. Now, how are we gonna go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign to signify the baptism? You'd go across the zodiac. Cross signs as they are known are the signs opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. The sign's most two important signs are its neighboring sign and its cross sign. Here we see how it makes a leap from one firmament to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decrease a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why St. John's Day is exactly six months to the day of the birth of Jesus. So the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going back to the Cancer Leo Firmament of July 24th. This is simple. He's tempted for 40 days. So count 40 days. It takes you to September 2nd, which is right in the middle of Virgo. 
the lady with the wheat stalk, right? Watch yes. this. That Matthew 4, 3, if you are the son of God, tell these stone to become loaves of bread. Here we see the mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is in Virgo. The next passage, Matthew 5, 17 and 22, I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Okay, so we were just in Virgo. Now we're in Libra. Okay. Matthew 7, 15, 16, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? These are, these are parables from Jesus. He literally says the harmless sheep and then the grapes. Well, the sheep are the ram in Aries and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, those are opposing signs. Moving along, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he is right beside the lake where the two water signs. Now, if they said Jesus took a dip in the lake, he'd be in Aquarius or Pisces, but he's not. He's beside it. So he's in the nice. middle. Okay. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk the grains. Is it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? Okay. Moving right along, next is the fishing net parable. So we go back from Leo Virgo to Aquarius Pisces because Pisces is the fish. And that's why you have a fisher net parable. Gemini is the sign of two men's, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini and Cancer. So Gemini is the two men, the twins. The it firmament drives me crazy, sorry, that there's James and Joseph, who was his brothers when his mother was a virgin. I can't get my <laughs> mind around that one. Anyway, he keeps mm -hmm. talking. Well, because the twins, the brothers, the okay, Gemini. Wait, so... Doesn't Jesus at one point come, come ride into town on, on twin donkeys? How did that work? Yeah, I, I that sounds familiar. Is that like the Palm Sunday one where there's now a cross on the back of a donkey? But wait a second, you got it. So they're twins too? No, remember Gemini is twins or brothers. Right, or brothers. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So now Gemini Cancer Firmament. If you follow it across, it's the Sagittarius Capricorn Firmament. That's December 21st. Do you remember what December 21st is? The solstice. solstice. Yes. Good. Right. But what it symbolizes the death, death of the sun, the death. What's the very next passage? The next story is the death of John the Baptist. As I've mentioned previously before, a death comes at the end of Sagittarius. The firmament of Sagittarius, Capricorn and Gemini, Cancer are opposing signs. Let's take the sentence, which sounds like it could be in the Bible, but isn't. If I said to you, the rulers were divided between war and love, it split the land in half. You could read that as a little literal translation. Sounds like it could be in the Bible, right? A sentence like that? Watch this. Uh, yeah. The ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who is the goddess of love. There is your war and love. If you connect it in half, as I've done with the sign right here, it splits the zodiac or the land in half. These are deeply, deeply nice. metaphors. Yeah. Okay, we're getting there. Matthew 17... 14, 17, and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. The bread and the fish are opposing signs, Virgo and Pisces. Pisces is the two fish, which is why Jesus fed the masses with two fish. Virgo is the bread. That's why it's the bread and the fish. I'm sorry. Yeah, the bread and the fish. This is the cross of God's son. This is what it looks like when you connect the solstices and the equinoxes. Okay. We were just in Virgo and next is Libra, which is law and wine. Remember what stories do we get now? The temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. As you can see how things are basically encoded. The next is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. And then next is the death of Jesus. And that's the book of Matthew. That's basically how this works. How does the spear of destiny factor in to stabbing the S-U-N? Is that related at all? It, it's, it's in astrology. It's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. It's sometimes okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh. So what Which happens points is... Points at the sun, or I guess it's different, depending. What happens is this. In Libra, the scales, the law, judges the sun. It passes judgment on the sun. Then in Scorpio, the sun is betrayed. And then after it's betrayed, it's finally killed with the bow and the arrow. 
And then it comes back to life as the goat. I am burning alive in here. I'm going ah, this. All right. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the first hour there. We will be doing a, another exclusive half hour for our premium subscribers. You can hear that by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Or you can watch that by subscribing to us at rockfin.com slash propaganda report or subscribing to us on Locals. We also do a daily news deconstruction show every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find Micah and his work at altmediaunited.com slash micah-dank. Thank you all for watching and listening. We will talk to you all next time and have a fantastic rest of your day.